for the most part, we all spent the last two years working from home, which is awesome unless like you're still like not putting on pants and not taking a shower until two o'clock. That's probably not so awesome for your business. And I think right. the reality is, is we're more in a post COVID world right now than we've been at any time in the pandemic. And if you're not getting back to the habits that you had prior, you, you need to, sh- you need to shake some dust off a little bit. Yeah. All right, welcome to another episode of the Contacts to Contracts podcast. I am Brian Lovell, always with the super duper amazing co-host, What's up, dude? John Jones. What's up, man? Only because you won't let me take vacation. That's why you're always hey, with listen, me. Listen, okay, well, first of all, before you go down that road, we have video evidence of the fact that you took a vacation. Video evidence. Yes, you Ooh. talked about your vacation on this show. Okay. I don't remember when it was, right. but we could find it. So yes. Years ago. <laughs> you're allowed to take vacation. Yeah, thank you. So, all right, man, what are we going to talk about today? Well, I think we're going to talk about like what the market looks like for loan offices and realtors right now in 2022. Yeah. And, um, you know, we know that we're still, you know, little to no inventory, right? Relatively speaking. Yep. Um, You know, we've had a a historical jump in interest rates over the last uh, 60 to 90 days. Yep. And uh, I think it's just a, a changed market where meaning... Coming off 2021, rates were low. Yeah. You know, you had the opportunity, even with low inventory, to pick up some refis, low-hanging fruit. Yep. And those have all but gone, Yep. unless you're looking to cash out. But even those are starting to get tougher to find. Yeah. Um, so I think it's we're going to talk about, like, maybe your business plan, reevaluate, you know, wh- what you're doing, mm-hmm. you know, each day, and um, take a look at, you know, what you were doing back all the way back to 2019. Okay. Some of the activities that got your business back then pre-COVID, and maybe see if you're still doing some of those activities that were successful. Yep. Or have you stopped? Yeah. Yeah. So, dude, that's a lot to unpack. So we'll, we'll jump into that. I want to say something, though, real quick as a placeholder. So I've seen a couple of agents today. Um, today is we're recording this on the 25th of March. So this will, that would be the 25th of April. But I'm sorry, how, the 25th of April. Flies. Thank you. Yeah. That's how time flies. <laughs> I, I've seen a number of agents in different markets today make posts on Facebook or social media that this is the first week, and I don't even know how long that new listings outpaced new contracts. Okay. How about right, that? So, yeah. So I, one week isn't a trend, by the way. Yeah. But uh, that's why I'm putting this as a placeholder, because in a couple of weeks, let's take we'll a look happens, and see right. what happens, right? Right. So funny, yeah, it's funny you said that, because I mean, I always, you know, look around. I mean, one of the things that like, I've always done, right, for 25 years plus in the business, just start noticing as you're driving to and from wherever it is you're going to mm-hmm. for sale signs. And I've seen a trend where, you know, I think I told you probably a week or two ago where I'm mm-hmm. starting to see people popping homes on the market. I'm not sure why they're doing it, what their plan is, if they do get an offer. But I think, you, you know, you probably have some people that are speculating that now's the time to get, you know, the most I can from my okay. home. Okay. And then maybe figure out if I get that money, I'll go somewhere else. Yeah. You know, figure it out type of thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So let, let's dig into the loan originator piece of this real quick. And, you know, basically, I think where you're coming from, John, is we came off two amazing years in 2020, 2021. Um, after the first quarter is over here in 2022, some loan officers are looking at their business going, hey, is taking a massive drop off, right? right? And And by the way, that's to be expected, right? So 
what what you're talking about is, hey, let's be careful not to compare our 2022 business to the last two years. Why don't you go way back pre-COVID and, and pre-COVID and take a look at 2019? And, and my suggestion would be look at just purchase, right? So yep. whatever metric that you're measuring, whether it's pre-approvals, whether it's actual applications, whether it's closing, just compare now to 2019, specifically only looking at purchase transactions, not refinance transactions, and get a good gauge where you are really at, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe you're actually up, right? So if you erased the last two years and you were having an increase in purchase business year over year, you'd probably be pretty happy. Yes. It yeah. stings a little bit more right now because you're probably down significantly if refinance was a large kind part of, like of your business. Di- it's dieting, right? If I lose a ton of weight, but I only, my goal was only to lose 10 pounds, I lose 20. Now I'm back up 10 pounds. I feel bad. Um, I'm, I'm really where I need to be. But, you know, the last two years, I think that you, your mind, your mindset is I did 20 units a month because mm-hmm. half of those were refis. Well, those aren't, they're, they're gone. Yeah. Right. So now we shift back, like you said, if we, if we normally did 10, and you're, you know, back in 19 and you're doing 11 or 12 yeah. purchase, right? You feel like you're down, but you're really up, you know, compared to how yeah. you, you know, three years yeah. ago. Yeah. And I think you also need to take a look at homes sold. So you need to take a look at homes sold in 2019 versus where you're at right now in your business too, because in most markets, that number is going to be higher. Now I saw a stat recently that the amount of cash properties is at an all-time high. Mm-hmm. So you kind of got to factor that in too. So when it comes, as you and I are actually talking out loud, doing that math is probably a little bit harder than we just probably made it sound, but it's worth digging into, right? But I think what, what you and I really want to talk about right now is what what do you do now? Right. Right, what do you, what do, you do now? Like, so you're, you're sitting here and like, hey, what's what's my strategy for the market that we're in? Let's talk about that. A little bit. So, like, one of the first things I want to talk about, John, is wh- what habits or behaviors have changed for you in as an originator since 2019. Okay, and so what I mean by that is, for the most part, we all spent the last two years working from home, which is awesome, unless like you're still like not putting on pants and not taking a shower <laughs> until two o'clock that's probably not so awesome for your business. And I think the reality is, is we're more in a post COVID world right now than we've been at any time in the pandemic. And if you're not getting back to the habits that you had prior, you you need to, you need to shake some dust off a little bit. Yeah. I mean, some of those things like meeting folks for lunch, right? Number one, if you're working from home, you're finding a way not to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, Whether you um, used to go to the gym, I'll give an example. I used to see a group of agents every morning, um, you know, working out about 630 in the morning. Yeah. uh, And uh, I stopped doing that. So guess what? I don't know if they are, but I'm no longer going at that yeah, time. So you're not seeing the same. So people. you know, I'm not top of mind to them. I don't really. I'm not in tune to what they're doing if yeah. they're doing business. So I've kind of you know lost my way with that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a good point. I mean, I, I think if you look back, um, we've always said that this is a belly to belly business, right? That you got to go out 100%. there and actually shake some hands and see some people. So if you just took like an internal look at yourself right now. And you asked yourself, when was the last time, Mr. Mrs. L.O., you actually met a real estate agent somewhere? Like, you probably want to take a look at that, mm-hmm. right? If you haven't at all, you definitely need to shake some dust off. 
Yeah, yeah, amen to that. I mean, we, you and I just chatted. We were at, at an event um, up in Jacksonville recently, but just uh, one of the things that we used to do is, is happy hours, right? Yeah. We were all coming into an office, whether it's the company, the group that you work with, we were networking, we mm-hmm. were inviting realtors, we yeah. were inviting other industry professionals to a happy hour once yeah. a month or once a quarter, something like that. After COVID, I know a lot of folks have stopped going, they, they haven't gone back to doing any yeah. of that. And again, that's to your point, you know, they're home, not dressed, not ready. So at 4, 4.30, they're, yeah. they're working from home. Their day's almost over and they're not, they're not ready to go out and meet, yeah. meet folks. Yeah, I'll tell you that, you know, the, I just think the climate has changed a little bit um, in terms of um, that whole working at that home and that working at home environment, right? So what I mean by that is we've kind of just gotten into a habit of I don't ever really leave the house. I don't need to be ready to go. You're not being intentional about putting things on your calendar that are networking opportunities or, or business driving opportunities. And you just talked about being ready. I'm going to share a story with you. So back when I first got into the business, like 2008, somewhere around 2008, it might have been late 2007. I don't a good remember. good time, by the way. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I wasn't... <laughs> Blame you for that. Yeah. So I I was um I was supposed to be meeting um somebody that I was going to go work with. So at the time, you know, it was 2007. I'm struggling in the business, right? And um, I don't really have that much business. The freaking market is crashing around me. Um, and I was working at home at the time. And I got an opportunity to work with a stud uh, loan originator that I was going to come on and be that person's LOA. Um, We had scheduled a meeting where um, I was going to have to go meet him somewhere at a certain time later in the day. Okay. Okay? He ends up calling me earlier that morning and saying, hey, things have changed. I'm ready to meet you right now. And oh, by the way, I'm like right down the street from your house at a Cracker Barrel. Uh Uh-oh. Okay. (laughs) Now, the good news is I was ready. Okay. Right. So like I just, hey, Mark, I'll see you in 10 minutes. But what he was testing was, hey, is Brian really ready for work every day? Right. Or is he just kind of letting things come to him however they come? Because the meeting wasn't supposed to be until later in the day. He moved it up on me on purpose to see if I was going to be, be ready. Sure. Now, if I would have had to say, hey, man, I need a couple of minutes because I need to take a shower or I need to get dressed or whatever that may be, he would have seen my work ethic immediately from that. But instead, I just got right in my car and went and met him. Nice. Right. But that's the kind of example we're talking about. Yeah. Are, I mean, are you looking at each day like you're ready for the day? Right. I mean, if you're selling real estate, one of the things everybody I know with real estate, right, you, you go up, you show up every day. Now more than ever, you've got to be in the office to me uh, and ready to go because, you know, when, when you get a call to show a property, you've got to be ready. Yeah. I mean, you, you don't know when that's going to happen. And by the way, it's going to move fast. Mm-hmm. So if you put somebody off for a few hours or a few days because you're not ready, you're going to miss out, right? And your business yeah. is going to suffer. Yeah. I think one of the other things we need to talk about is like you were, we've been talking a little bit, but a little bit more about activities. Like what are the activities that, um, if you go back and look at 2019, right? Yep. What were some of the activities that you were doing in 2019 compared to what you're doing now? And I, we've talked about how have your habits or your behaviors changed? Let's be honest, in the last two years, did you really have to do a whole heck of a lot to have the best year you've ever had in your mortgage career? No. The answer, yeah, is, the answer is, is no. no, right? So you got out of some habits. 
Maybe you created some bad habits. Now is the time you want to take a look at, hey, what were the good habits I was doing in 2019? Do I need to get back to those? And what are some bad habits that I may have created that are preventing me from, you know, doing as well as I want? By the way, I, I think one of the ones like I just, you know, transparent for me, like I've got to be real intentional about when I start my day. Right. Because back pre-COVID, I took some kids to school. Right. Which I had to have them like I was leaving at like seven thirty, seven forty five to take them to school. And then as soon as I was dropping them off, I was headed to the office for the OK. Well, fast forward to today. Now my kids don't need to be taken to school. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm not coming to the office every day. So it would be very easy to not start a work day until 10 o'clock. Wow. Right. It could be. Right. It I'm just giving be, you yeah, I'm just absolutely. giving you an example. Or 11 or 11. Right. Right. Um, so, you know, like I, I read a great book by, um, I can't remember, sorry, I can't remember the guy's name, but it's called Atomic Habits. Just look it up on Amazon. But what he talks about is putting triggers in your life, whether they're personal or professional, that are triggers that help you break bad habits. So like if you go with the situation I just talked about, a good trigger might be, hey, let me schedule a meeting at nine o'clock every single day. Yes. If you had a meeting at nine o'clock every day and you were counting on me to be at that meeting or somebody else was, a, now, now you have an accountability partner. It's like having it's like having somebody you work out with. Like it's easy for me to get to the gym and work out at 7 a.m. when somebody's counting on me being there. Correct. But if that person was never counting on me being there, there's probably some mornings your alarm would go off at 6, 6.15 and you'd be like, you know what? I'm gonna sleep an extra 45 minutes today. Right. But if you set that trigger early in the morning, you can help get yourself going a little bit better. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. What else we got? I think we want to take a look at, uh, you know, how you get your business and what type of loan products. Like, let's, for okay. example, um, you know, if, if you're feeling a little slower right now, you know, because of the pullback on refinances, right, you've, you feel like you've got a little more time. And then what are you going to do with that extra time? You know, are you going to invest uh, in, in maybe expanding your product knowledge? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we, we're starting to see more and more non-QM. Yes. Um, you know, statistically, it's it's probably going to triple, if not quadruple, again in 2022. Wow. After 21, it still had a banner year. So there's more. <clears throat> they're, they're becoming... Uh, more products available for folks that don't traditionally qualify. Like I'll say that in nice words, like we've, you know, it's, it's, you know, bank statement loans, um, foreign national, um, sure. debt service loans for investor cash flow, um, but different ways that you can get a mortgage without a traditional Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, you know, showing you tax yes. returns and all that normal yeah. information. So, I, you know, I think it's, if you're not doing those loans, you're missing out. Okay. In 2022, I feel like that should be, you and I have talked probably, you know, 20% of your business. I think it can be, or not, I think it will be in the not too distant future. Mm -hmm. Meaning that if it's going to be 20% of the pipeline, whether you want it to be or not. It'll it'll either be in your pipeline or somebody else's pipeline. Yes, thank you. But overall, if we looked at closings, Mm Throughout the country, throughout the companies, whatever, I think in the near future, we could see non-QM be 20% of the loans that are closed across the country. So you're right. You're either going to have those in your pipeline or they're going to be in somebody else's. I think the reason a lot of us don't focus on that is we know Fannie Freddie guidelines forward and backwards, 
right? 100%. We don't necessarily know these new products. We don't necessarily know the guidelines frontwards and backwards. So we don't have a confidence level. Yeah. I mean, they don't come around that often, right? Mm-hmm. So you, when you're only doing it here and there, you know, the last couple of years, let's use it for an example. Every three months, you might stumble up upon one, um, mm-hmm. an opportunity. But if you don't know how to put it together, how to structure it, mm-hmm. you're going to probably say no. Right, yes. let that deal go somewhere else um, rather than take it on. Yeah. And let's face it, twenty one and twenty two, you were you were busy enough that you could you could say no. And, and I think in twenty two, you need to start saying yes. You yeah, know, th- those those are the deals that you want to, you know, show your referral partners that you're able to do not just you know your cookie cutter, Fannie Freddie, but I can do out of the box stuff and help win more deals for you. You make a good point. You know, we said on this podcast probably over a year ago that you could do three refinance transactions in the same time and effort it takes to do one purchase, right? Mm -hmm. And the the point you were just making is, hey, the deals take a little bit more work maybe, and they might take a little bit more time because you're learning how to structure it and put it together kind of as you go. And what I'm hearing you say at the beginning of this segment was, hey, you need to spend some time working on your product knowledge. Like there's a ton of these products out there. Do you truly know what you can or cannot do? Right. And I think there's from two two perspectives you need to look at. One, are you aware enough that you can share with your referral partners, hey, this is something I can do? Right. So one, that's marketing the product. Right. right? The second one is how many pre-approvals are you doing that you're turning away that there might be an alternative? Right. And, and I think... You know, let's be honest, like even Fannie and Freddie, we're running DU and LP and it's tightening on the it's conventional It's getting harder and harder. It's yeah. on the conventional side, right? So some of these just missed products or some of these other non-QM products, I, again, I think it could be in the near future, 20% of our closed pipeline. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, you've got to dive in and become an expert. And, and one of the things when I originated going back into the late nineties, two thousands, even if, even if I couldn't do it, in other words, if we weren't signed up with a particular broker that had a particular product, I mean, there's a gazillion, right, mm-hmm. as we know. I wanted to know what was out there, so when my agents hit me up with it, um, I, I knew it was there. Hey, I can't do that, but so-and-so probably can do that, rather than, I don't believe anybody can do that. You've gotta know what your competitors are selling. Yes. You know, if you wanna be an expert, and then maybe dive in and bring bring to your secondary department or your sales team, hey, maybe this is something, you know, we need to shift gears. Maybe we ought to look and explore into a bank statement program. Yeah, um, Help us win more deals, help us, you know, build relationships with realtors by offering more products yeah. and, and, and helping them. No, no, you're absolutely right. All right, so let me ask you this. How do you feel about niche products? Uh, it's huge. Okay. I mean, I, I think, you know, you know that, that goes back 30 years, right? So if you're, if you're a specialist in something, right, that you can sell yourself as a specialist, you can win. You can, you can become the expert in that, in that product. Okay. Whether it's, you know, you've got your reverse mortgage people, right? They're okay. specialists, great opportunity there. Um, your renovation loan specialist. I mean, nobody wants to touch, again, a product that they don't understand. Mm-hmm. Um, how to put together, and it's you know it, it does take some time and some deals yep. before you get that comfort level. Yep. But again, we, we've we've seen people that close 40, 50, 60 renovation loans a month, and are in, that's all they do. They tout renovation loans. Same thing on the reverse side, the CP side, construction firm. Become a specialist. Like take the time now because you're a little bit slower. Yeah. Right. Every quarter, and and 
grab a product that like, hey, let me figure out how to do this. Mm-hmm. If I can become the expert, I've got time now to figure it out and do it right. Yeah. And then I can go market it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah. I felt the same way years ago about 203K. You know, now it's been a while since I've originated mm-hmm. full time, right? But um, I remember like the first 203K I did, I had no idea what I was doing. I bugged a lot of people to try to help me out. And the biggest, the biggest challenge I had is I, one, I couldn't figure out how to do the cost estimate, right? Because there was some, you know, yep. this and that there. But like once I got that nailed down, which was like maybe my second loan in, then I, I legit, I mean, I wasn't, but I legit felt like an expert. Like there wasn't a curveball I felt you could throw at me sure. that I wasn't going to understand. Um, but a lot of people will just not do that deal instead of taking the time to try to learn how to do it. Yep. You know, cool. Okay. Um, let me ask you a question. So like I've not, I've, by the way, I've not always been a fan of niches. Okay. Do you want to know why? I mean, you don't see a lot of them, right? So it's going to, you know, to me, I I was the same way, but it's going to take you a lot of time, you know, to get the word out that this is your, you know, expertise, uh, you know, you're great at one particular loan product. And by the way, I'm not saying there's a wrong or a right. I'm not, I'm not talking, I'm not trying to talk people out of doing niches, but I, it's worth bringing up because there's a way to work around it too. But the reason I've never been a fan of, of Ellos chasing niches, what happens when the niche dries up? Yeah. Right? I, I'm going to give you an example. I wouldn't be, a, I'd, I'd, I'd add that product to your knowledge. I'm okay. not, I'm not telling you to separate and get away from doing okay. the traditional mortgages, yeah. right? You, yeah. I mean, that's. Cause I just, if you go back to harp, you saw a lot of people do really, really well with yeah. that harp loan. I mean, goodness gracious, that was a long time ago. But when that dried up, they had no business. Right. Right. But again, to your point, that was the only business. If you're that they selling had. bond loans the last two years, it's tough for you too. Right. This I mean, is legit. I talked to a guy last week. Did I tell you this story? No. I talked to a guy last week. Calls me. <clears throat> um, had talked to one of our branch managers. Was wanting to take a look at getting into uh, lending. Okay. Now, this guy had a brilliant marketing strategy. He's a real estate agent right now. He had multiple websites that were designed to capture traffic for people wanting down payment assistance. Okay. Okay. And his websites are, I looked at them, they probably some of the most extensive detail oriented. If you want to know as a consumer how to get free money, you'd find it. Down payment assistance, you would find the, and so as an agent, he would bring those. He would bring those leads in, Mm -hmm. his team would work them, and then, of course, they would give them out to, you know, loan originators that they were working with in different parts of the state of Florida, because some counties have specialty products too, Mm -hmm. right? So like, hey, they might have a guy in Volusia County, they might have a gal in Palm Beach County, whatever, right? But his business is completely dried up. Right, I, I would imagine um, yeah. because this Unfor- was yeah, it's unfortunate legit, but the market we're in. Yeah, ninety percent of their business was they were doing bond. They were helping consumers buy houses with down payment assistance and bond money. Yeah, right. So yeah, that's a that's a really good point. So, by the way, the marketing was brilliant. I'm I'm not ragging on the guy at all. They, yeah, you know, I mean it's they did a solid job. So I, I think um, you know maybe we killed niches a little bit here, but so I think the the last thing that we want to take a look at is perhaps we need to revisit where our business has come from over the last couple of years and taking that all the way back to 2019. What are your thoughts? Absolutely. I mean, it's it's been, it feels like two decades ago, right? You go back to 19, it feels, you know, you'll probably uh, be shocked to see, you know, the referral partners, again, when you were regularly networking, doing any of those events we touched mm-hmm. on earlier. 
they they may have gone elsewhere. Yeah. You know, I think it's time to circle back to that and um, and figure out one: are they still doing deals? Are they still in business? Yeah. Um, you know, I hate to say this, but a lot of you know the average age of a loan officer slash realtor is in the mid fifties. You know, nationwide. So. I'm under the average, by the way. You're under the average by you know a little bit, but um, but you know you you may work you may have worked with a lot of folks yeah. at some point during COVID, especially with the market on the real estate side as difficult as it is or has been, they may have just shifted into like semi retirement. If you you know maybe they're sure. not putting putting um you know the the throttle to trying to get business, getting referrals, and they've kind of just like chilled a little bit. Sure, sure. Um, so you, you got to break it down. Who's sending you business? You know, the last two years compared to you know yeah the, the two years I, prior I, to COVID. I say look look at it going all the way back to 2019, right? And so here's a a, t- a tip for you loan officers out there is. Listen, if you haven't done a great job of keeping a database, your LOS system probably captures the buyer's agents on all of your deals. Yeah. So if you could just go through and print like all of your closings from 2019 with that buyer's agent in the field, you should be able to just go through that spreadsheet and be like, you know, I haven't seen their name in a while. I haven't seen their name in a while. Wow. I can't believe I haven't, you know, you're, it's, you should be able to quickly identify who you're still getting pre-approvals yeah. from or not. And that should, that'll be an indication to to you who you've lost business right. from. Time for a check in. Yeah. Right? And by the way, I mean, it, even before COVID, it's always time for a check in. Yeah. So this is something even going forward, you should always circle back two, three, four years prior and see who you've lost. Why? Mm-hmm. And then think, why did I lose them? In most cases, um, it just happens, right? Maybe you didn't, you know, you didn't have a system in place where you were calling them every week. Mm-hmm. Maybe they took an extensive vacation, didn't have any business for a while, and you guys kind of just lost touch. But uh, I mean, I think it's important that you just, you, you know, you identify and, and circle back to those folks, because unless it was a horrible experience, mm-hmm. you did a deal with them, they're likely to want to do another deal with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, that's that's the way I feel. Yeah. For whatever reason, you've just fallen out of contact. I, I think I've shared on this story before, like when or this podcast before, when when I transitioned out of origination and into a leadership role, the agents that had been sending me business all of that time, um, by the way, none of them send me referrals anymore, right? It's been and a while, yeah. And, well, that's because I, I don't stay in front of them anymore, right? right? And so the time from I quit originating to, you know, it, it didn't take that long, actually. But because I was no longer staying in front of them, making calls, sending text messages, having lunches, visiting their broker, whatever it was I was doing to stay in front of the mm-hmm. agents who were actively sending me business, when I, once I stopped that, eventually the referrals quit coming in. By the way, I'm still in the mortgage business. I'm still freaking good at this. Right. Right. So it wasn't that I did a bad job for them or that I got out of the business. Yep. It's that I stopped being in front of them. Yeah, no, 100%. When I originated, I used to have to intentionally follow the agents that left, right? So yeah. I, I, there, were, there, were, there were three offices that I you know, got, got the majority of my initial business from. But as you know, realtors, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna turn over, right? They're gonna try something different, than, you know, the latest and greatest. And it was, I used them when they were here, now they're there, and for whatever reason, I've gotta be intentional trying to reach out to them or else they're gonna use somebody else. Yeah. That, that's in that office knocking at that door. Cool, cool. Well, dude, what do you think? I think, you I think we've given out some pretty pretty awesome tips here. You know, so it looks like, just to kind of recap, we talked about, you know, how you want to compare yourself to 2019. What are the habits that may have gone bad 
maybe some good ones are put in place, but what were the things that you were doing in 2019 that made you successful? Don't forget to take a look at non-QM. You need to up your product knowledge. Mm -hmm. Same thing with the niches was the other thing that we talked about. And then, hey, take a look back. Who were you doing business with then that you're not doing business with now? That should be a pretty easy conversion. Yep. So nice job, dude. All right. Hey, so thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Context of Contracts podcast. On behalf of John, I'm Brian. And if there's anything that you need, we're always here to serve.